0: This is Allie Henney, and you're listening to Combing the Roots, powered by The Witness, a Black Christian collective. Happy Juneteenth, y'all! In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Juneteenth and why I think we should celebrate Juneteenth, and I'm also going to give you my top five Juneteenth cookout songs. Stay tuned! Hey, it's Juneteenth! So happy Juneteenth, y'all! Well, really, it's not Juneteenth. Technically, this episode drops on June 13th that's not Juneteenth, it's June 19th, that is Juneteenth, but we can celebrate Juneteenth early. So happy early Juneteenth. We can just make it like a whole week long celebration. Really, we should make Juneteenth really, I think that Juneteenth should be a whole month long celebration, because I think that it should be like this whole thing where we're celebrating blackness and celebrating black excellence. And I know that that's what Black History Month is. But we got to remind these people we got to be out here. And really, we should be celebrating blackness 365 days a year. And I celebrate blackness 365 days a year because even though blackness comes with a lot of oppression and a lot of marginalization and all this other type of stuff, being black is still pretty lit. I love being Black. I wouldn't choose to be anything else but Black, even though it comes with all this other type of stuff. So really, we should be celebrating ourselves 365 days a year. But I think that there are some days that are more special than others. And there are days that we can hold up and that we can say, yo, this is a good day. Today was a good day. We can celebrate this day and we can say, and we can say, hey, we're going to be extra Black on this day. I'm Black 365 days of the year, but I'm be extra Black on Juneteenth. And I think that that Juneteenth should be a national holiday because, I mean, Independence Day, July 4th, that's only, like, white men who were freed on that day. And technically, I mean, if I want to get really, 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 really real, real, Juneteenth, we should, like, we can celebrate Juneteenth because Juneteenth is fine. Like, celebrating when Black people, when when the last kind of group of Black people got their freedom or heard that they were free, I think that that's something worth celebrating. But the holiday that we really need to be celebrating is July 2nd. And I'm not just saying that because it's my birthday, because it is my birthday. July 2nd is my birthday. So July 2nd is the the best day. But I think that July 2nd, we should call July 2nd Medgar Evers Day. Because Megar Evers was also born on that day. And if you don't know who Megar Evers is, you need to ask somebody. If you don't know, you better ask somebody, hey, hey. Because Megar Evers was an awesome man. It's sad that he he was gunned down in front of his home. He he worked for the NAACP. He was a civil rights activist. He did a lot of stuff that um was that was great. He was somebody that he worked to overturn um, segregation at, at the University of Mississippi, a.k.a. Ole Miss. And so I think that he's worth celebrating. But then also the, the blackity blackness of the day sort of comes in is because July 2nd, 1964 was when Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act into law. So that was the point at which, at least on paper, on paper, that black people received their full rights and their full citizenship. So really, I mean, Juneteenth is an awesome holiday. But really, I'm going to make the argument that we should be that we should call July 2nd Medgar Evers Day. And so then that kind of works too, because it's close to the rest of everybody else's what they want to celebrate is Independence Day. So this falls a little bit closer than Juneteenth does. But I do think that really, I mean, we should just we should find a black holiday to have in every single month of the year. And so July 2nd, we should be celebrating Medgar Evers Day. I don't think that there's actually a Medgar Evers Day, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here. I, I came up with this kind of as on the on the fly. I'm gonna try to make this a thing, and I think that, that 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 should really be like the Black Independence Day. But but I know that there's a more of a move to do Juneteenth as sort of like the Black holiday and make it a national holiday, et cetera, et cetera. And that's cool. Like we can we can do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to undo work that other people have done. But I have a little bit of a confession to make as we're talking about Juneteenth on this episode, I did not fully understand what Juneteenth was until I was a young adult. It wasn't that I hadn't encountered Juneteenth because I had encountered it. And I'll I'll tell that story here in a moment. But I didn't fully understand what Juneteenth was. Like I said, it, it had been explained to me, but I think that it had been explained poorly. And so I was a little bit confused on well like what is it what does it actually mean? What were the actual implications? Is it just something that people in Texas celebrate? Is it something that, that all black people should celebrate? I was a little bit confused whenever I was growing up. And so as I became a, a, a young adult, I started to clarify that for myself because I was always sort of curious about what Juneteenth was. And so I did a little bit of research, read some Wikipedia, read a Wikipedia article. Read some websites and sort of was able to clarify better for myself what what uh, Juneteenth was. And so I think that it's a, that it definitely is a, is a holiday that is worthy of more recognition than what it gets. But as I said before, you know theres a, for me, there's a little bit of a story that that comes with Juneteenth and that comes with with my associations that I, that I have with what Juneteenth is. So whenever I was a kid, I was probably about eight or nine years old. My mom had this magazine subscription for me from this magazine called Jack and Jill. I think it's from the same people who create Highlights Magazine, but I, I don't quote me on that because that might not be true. But it's this magazine that has like stories it had, I don't know if it's still in print or any, anymore, but it had like stories and activities and different things. And so whenever I would get this magazine, I would usually like do some of the activities and and, and maybe sometimes read some of the stories, but I didn't really read a whole lot in it. I just mostly like would look at the pictures and and do some of the activities because that's because that was just kind of what it was for. And so I remember that one year they had a Juneteenth edition of this magazine. And that was the first time the Juneteenth edition of this magazine was actually the first time that I had even seen the word Juneteenth that I even like knew that I didn't even know that that was a word. And I was a kid in the nineties, so this this is probably probably about, you know, 1990, 1993, 1994, could have even been nineteen ninety five. But I was I was a kid in the nineties. And so being a kid in the nineties, like stuff was kind of weird. Like people marketed, especially if you watch Nickelodeon, stuff that, that was kind of like Nickelodeon shtick was to kind of be where Disney was very, like, like, clean cut and and very, like, well-packaged and everything. Nickelodeon was sort of, like, the anti-Disney, and so they were – everything was very weird, and they talked about burps and, and and passing gas and all this other type of stuff. And so – and I was a Nickelodeon kid, and so, like – I was used to, to hearing weird words or or encountering things that, that were kind of marketed in like this kind of unique kind of backward kind of context. And so I think that whenever I first saw the word Juneteenth, I just thought it was some word that they just made up and I didn't understand what it what it was. And it also didn't help that the cover of this magazine had it because the magaz the covers of the magazine were always back then at least were always illustrated and so i remember the thing that i remember was that the the juneteenth edition of this magazine it was it had like some sort of um it was some sort of like competition or whatever that the, that the kids that were on the cover of this magazine were engaging in. And the thing that I remember the most about it was that there was, I don't know if it was, a, I don't know if it's a foot race or if it was like somebody was jumping. I don't, I don't quite remember what it was, but what I remember the most about this was seeing the the faces, the, the illustrated faces of a white girl that's what i remember the most but i think there was also like a white boy and then just the way that it was in the 90s because the 90s that was when people were like oh multicultural we should do things multicultural so i remember there being a crowd and i'm sure that in the crowd in this illustration there were probably black and brown faces in the crowd but they weren't the center because that was really what being a kid in the 90s was is everything still centered on white kids, but they would, they started to include like the multicultural entourage. So like on the TV shows, you would have like the, the main white character or the movies, you would have the main white character, but then they would have like a multicultural entourage or sometimes like like they didn't even have a multicultural entourage. Sometimes they would have like the token black friend that was part of the entourage because it usually was because if there was going to be diversity there was usually a black kid that they would put in there. They usually didn't put anybody else. It was usually a black kid. But then if the if the people were really like super multicultural they would then like they'd add like an Asian kid or they would add like a Latino or something like that. And that was just the way that that things were done in the 90s and the way that things were marketed. So of course even things so so I think this this is so telling that even in this episode that even in this in this issue rather of of this magazine that was the Juneteenth edition of the magazine still centered white kids and that is what that is who I remember being on the cover. that's who I remember the focal point of the cover being it wasn't even black kids. I didn't even put black kids on the cover of this magazine it was it was the 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 drawing of white kids but anyway. So that was the first time that I had encountered the word Juneteenth. And so my mom is an educator. And so she she is ever, growing up in the home of an educator. Everything is a lesson. Everything. If my mom knew something about something, she would always take the time to teach me. And I'm very thankful for that. Actually, like in, in my adult life, I could be very thankful about that. And I'm not an educator, but I still do this with, with my children. But being in the home of an educator growing up in the home of an educator and somebody who who liked who really liked to teach and and knows a lot about a different a lot about a lot of different things every there, there are always like these little teachable moments and a lot of times it was like hey mom like like whatever like I just want to read my magazine like or like I just want to like look at whatever this is and I don't need to know like the whole entire history of it can I just do whatever and and like a lot of times but I but I absorbed the, the lessons that I got from my mom so I absorbed even though my mom I, I don't know how much she explained it and how much she tried to explain it to me I did absorb from my mom that Juneteenth had something to do with black people and that it had something to to, to do with that 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 was all I'm sure she said more than that but that was all that I had taken. Away from it, so I did associate Juneteenth with Black people. But then the image that I always, still to this day, have in my head is this image of a little white girl, a little illustration of a a little white girl, which is so, which that's just the way my brain works. Is that sometimes I have I have images associated with certain words. And so for, for me, Juneteenth is the, is the illustration uh, on that, on that magazine cover for whatever reason, that's just, that's just what, what pops into, what pops into my mind whenever, whenever I hear Juneteenth. And so it's just, it's so telling that that, that, that was my first encounter with Juneteenth. And so then as I grew up and, and started to hear about Juneteenth and started to learn about it in the history books and stuff in school, once again, never really well explained, which of course why would it have been? I, I was in a predominantly white school and Juneteenth took place whenever school wasn't happening. And so that why would anybody feel the need to really explain Juneteenth even as a holiday to students in a predominantly white classroom? Why would like like that? I mean, I say I'm saying that sarcastically, like like why like why ever would we teach something from a multicultural perspective and ever do anything but center whiteness in the classroom? And that's no shade really on on any of my teachers. Like that's just the reality of white normativity is that nobody ever thinks like it's just like, oh, OK, we mentioned it. We mentioned the word. Let's not bother to explain it well, but think that they're explaining it well, but it's like, well, let's not really explain it well, like, let's not really make it a, a big topic of discussion. It's just like, oh, here, I covered this thing. And you have so much other material to cover. It just, it just never, it just never occurs to people. I think it never occurs to educators that, that that sometimes they might, for some kids, they could be the only cultural connection that that somebody has to, to something and not and kids of other cultures, it could be the only connection that they that they have is is this lesson in the classroom. But that but that is a whole other soapbox. And so you got that one for free. So educators, if you if you're in the position to teach history, teach your your kids in your classrooms about Juneteenth. Because I grew up not really knowing fully what Juneteenth was. And like I said, it wasn't until I was a young adult that I had to clarify that for myself. And so I sort of had this weird relationship with Juneteenth because I I had an idea of what it was, but I didn't really know how to celebrate it. I didn't really know, like, I didn't really know if it was something that that we that we that we needed to celebrate. I didn't I didn't really get it. I grew up. I grew up celebrating what um, my in my hometown they called it Emancipation Day, and we would have and a lot of at least in the Midwest. I don't know if anybody else does this, but a lot of times in in towns in the in the Midwest, the people will have this thing. Black people will have this this event called Park Day. And so for us, our park day was formally called Emancipation Day, but we called it Park Day. And the idea behind it was was celebrating was celebrating black people and celebrating, even celebrating unity of of course, because we were in a predominantly white context. So we couldn't just be like, oh yeah, we're celebrating black people. And I mean it was it was sort of celebrating racial unity or whatever in a way, but it was really only black people who ever attended this event. And they actually would come from all around to come to our park day. And it was in park day. It wasn't just one day. It was actually a weekend. It was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that growing up as a Black kid where I grew up at, it was the highlight of the year. And that was that. That's I could talk about Park Day even more. But Park Day was sort of our answer to, to Juneteenth, I I think because there are places where people actually celebrate Juneteenth and they have these big Juneteenth celebrations. I live somewhere that that now that they that they have a a big a big Juneteenth celebration. But that was Park Day was our answer to that. So I grew up celebrating being free, and aside from like the American Independence Day, but I just never had that association. I never had that association with Juneteenth. And so as I've become an adult. I realize that Juneteenth is important. And so in the next segment, I'm going to talk about why I think that Juneteenth is important. back. And in the last segment, I talked about a little bit of my personal history with Juneteenth, with the, with the holiday of Juneteenth. I also proposed that we celebrate Medgar Evers Day because Medgar Evers Day, like I'm, I'm going to make that a thing. As soon as I finish recording it, recording this episode, I'm going to start making Medgar Evers Day a thing because it should be a thing. But anyway, I, I talked a little bit about just my own personal history with Juneteenth and how I kind of have come to understand what Juneteenth is. And as I've come to understand better the, the, what Juneteenth is and realizing even in this day and age how necessary celebrating Blackness is and how necessary celebrating Black, black freedom is, I, that, that's affected my relationship a little bit with the 4th of July and the first time that I encountered this idea of celebrating Juneteenth and of elevating Juneteenth, even as a national holiday, it actually, I, I remember seeing, I think it was, I think I had seen something, I think it was like maybe a picture, a picture of Usher or, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. Like for some reason, I'm thinking that it was Usher, but it might have even been more people who, who've done this than, than Usher. That's just who I remember seeing it from, but they, that he was wearing this uh, shirt that said 4th of July. And it had the 4th of July crossed out. And then under it, it said Juneteenth. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, Juneteenth. Because I had had this really, in the last five years, I really have started to have this really um, difficult relationship with, with Independence Day. And the reason for that is that I, I used to live outside of Washington, D.C. I'm a native Missourian. And then I moved to Virginia and I lived in Virginia for several years. And that's where my where my oldest daughter was born. And um, that was a very that I loved living outside Washington, D.C. I loved living there besides like some of the racism and some of that kind of stuff. I liked living there because I'm a student of American history. I love American history. I actually wanted to become an a high school American history teacher, but then I decided against that. Um, no no real big reason. I just decided that I didn't that I didn't want to do that. But that was one of the things that I that I wanted to do with my life potentially. And so I I love history. And so living in Virginia afforded me the opportunity to actually live in history and like live in and it's not that missouri doesn't have history because missouri certainly has history but it feels like like virginia is just bathed because it's like you know it's it's where it's where our nation in a a lot of ways it's like where where our nation was was founded is where our nation was was birthed and so it feels like every place every space in virginia is historical in some ways i mean i remember going places Eating eating in restaurants that George Washington had eaten in and that Robert E Lee had eaten in, I remember being in places visiting the the home of of George Washington's mother, go going and visiting the rock that she used to go and pray at every day. That was that was where I where I lived in Virginia, visiting just all these different sites where where founding fathers and different people lived, and so doing that like living in that. I I didn't have any grand notions of who the founding fathers were anyway. I mean, I knew that they, that, that the, the majority of them were slaveholders, I knew that there was a lot of like sketchy history with Thomas Jefferson I mean Thomas Jefferson was was a was a rapist I mean he was a rapist and he was a, a called an file an or whatever it was pedophile what we call colloquially a pedophile even though Sally Hemings was was um, not a child she was a she was a teenager whenever whenever he whenever he um, sired children whenever he raped her and I had been disabused of any of any grand notions of the the founding fathers for for many, many, many years. But being in the kind of this cradle of history and really like living there and really interacting with it in a way that I hadn't interacted with it and and being in Washington, D.C. a lot and visiting the museums and all that type of stuff, I really, it just really started to become sour. Like the, the idea of celebrating American independence, of celebrating the 4th of July, it just really started to become sour for me. And so even like, I say that in, 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 um, just within the last five years, that it it's even gotten gotten even even worse. Some of that has to do with just in the last five years, some of the things that have happened that have shown me like, no, this nation isn't for everybody. No, like like you're telling me that, that because I disagree with, with with things that are going on in our nation that I should just leave. Like hearing that type of of mindset that's racist, that's steeped in, in racism and white supremacy, that's enough to sour people on it. But but for me, I I guess I can remember. Some of the moments where I kind of came to this rel- where I came to this realization, I, I was in Washington D.C. One of the things that I wanted to do, and I'm glad that that we did this. Um, that's something I always said that I wanted to do before we lived before we before we moved away from D.C. We didn't know that we were going to we thought maybe we'd live there but we didn't know for sure and so I was like I want to be able to celebrate I want to be able to go to an inauguration which I never got to do that um but I did get to do election day in DC and that was and that was a lot of fun but um I wanted to do to do inauguration day and I wanted to do the 4th of July and so we did the 4th of July my my oldest was was an infant at that time and we we got a hotel room downtown and we went to the museums and we watched the fireworks display and it was, and we had a good time. Like we, we had a legitimately good time, but one of the things that was, that was difficult is we visited, cause we visited the American history museum on that, on that day. And that during that time it was before the national museum of African American history and culture was built. It was when they were, they were getting ready. I think it was, I don't even think they had even had started building it yet. They were, they were in the process of, I think it, it was going to happen, but it hadn't started being built yet. So at that point, the National Museum of African American History and Culture used to be housed on the third floor of the American History Museum, and so it was so it was, it was considered a separate museum, but it was in it was in the same building as the American History Museum. And whenever I visited some of the displays, they they had a display that was that was about black history basically but before the civil rights movement and then black history after the civil during the civil rights movement and, and then you could go through and see and see after And I remember, first of all, going through and like I'm going through, I'm seeing I'm seeing like a Hawaiian shirt or like some sort of like shirt that the Harry Truman wore, which was which for me was was kind of cool because I uh, I'm from Missouri. And so Harry Truman is also from Missouri and he was the only president so far that we've had from Missouri. So it's like, oh, look, this is like Harry Truman's shirt that he used to wear. Wow. He had a really interesting taste in casual clothes. And seeing Bill Clinton's saxophone and and seeing one of the the file cabinets from Water gate that was that was pride open. So seeing that history and then going and so that's american history but then going and seeing african american history and seeing first of all segregated in a whole different part of the museum, it's not woven in with the other history. Not not a whole lot of it was woven in with kind of like the regular history. We had we had to have like regular history and then and then regular American history and then African-American history. And we can talk about how how problematic that is, even though I do think that the National Museum is valid and it's needed. And I'm so glad that we have that museum. And I think that every American needs to visit the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. But I especially think that every black person as we're able we need to be able to visit that museum like they they need to be having they need to be having like buses for us to go to dc to to see this museum because it's it's a lot it's it is it is a lot it's a a harrowing experience but it's also a a good experience in, in some ways there's a lot that's harrowing there's a lot that's difficult but there's a lot about it that that even for me that kind of gave me more of a sense of pride in in being black but i digress so, anyways, as I was as I was celebrating the Fourth of July and kind of seeing this, this juxt, juxtaposition of American history and African American history, and just realizing like some of these, like I'm I'm in the African American History Museum, in the, in in there seeing like Abraham Lincoln's coat or his top hat or something like that. That I think he gave the Gettysburg Address in, seeing that in the Black History Museum, first of all, and kind of being like, okay, but yeah, Abraham Lincoln and emancipation and all of that. But Abraham Lincoln, like, didn't really care about black people. So seeing that in there, first of all, and being like, like, who decided to who decided to have that decision? Who decided, who made that decision, decide to have that in there. But then also seeing Harriet Tubman's shawl and seeing Harriet Tubman's Bible. And the thing that broke me the most was, not if I can say it without being emotional, was seeing little tiny chains that they chained children into and holding my baby. He was only a few months old. My oldest, was only a few months old at that point and seeing and trying to imagine her as a toddler and imagining her, imagining her with chains on, on her little feet. That was so like, I, and I'm there on, on the 4th of July and I'm just like, this is garbage. Like, I mean, I don't apologize for that like this is garbage like this is like what like why why are we celebrating this? Why are we holding this up as a as a thing and so it didn't occur so so i I sort of had distanced myself, even though my birthday as I said um in the last time my birthday is July second, and I actually grew up celebrating my birthday on July fourth a lot or or having parties on on the third but but my birthday really sort of being like that my birthday is on the 2nd and celebrating my birthday on the 2nd, but doing stuff for my birthday on the 4th because there was so much going on. There would be fairs and fireworks or whatever. So sort of feeling like July 4th was an extension of the celebration of my birth. And and then all of a sudden that, I mean, I had an American flag birthday, per, a birthday cake pretty much every year for a lot of my life. And in the last several years, I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I, I'm, I, I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't love my country because I do, but I'm just like, I just can't celebrate it in this way. It just it, It's sour. It, ta- it tastes like ashes in my mouth a little bit that, that I'm celebrating independence that I didn't have. So I'm celebrating independence that people who look like me did not have. So on July 4th, 1776, it was white men who were free from Great Britain. And they basically were able to do everything that they had already done, just not under british rule and yeah, they fought a war and people and people died so that we could have this this country and i don't and I don't want to I don't want to minimize that I don't want to minimize what what had to happen in order for us to be free from great britain and and all that type of and and just some of the injustice that that Britain committed against against us, but it's like we were experiencing injustice as Like we in America were experiencing just injustice against against especially against white people, I guess. But at the same time, the white people were committing injustices against Native American people and they were committing injustices against African peoples. And so it just is really hard to say, like, yeah, we're going to we're going to celebrate that independence that only a certain group of people got. And so it just, I've had this weird relationship with it. And so then with Juneteenth, not really knowing what Juneteenth was and, and, and then being able to see Juneteenth as a vehicle to celebrate my own independence, to celebrate something that, that, that is a more relevant holiday. That's a more relevant holiday to black people, honestly. And so I, I really think that Juneteenth should be a national holiday because it and it's celebrating the emancipation from slavery and and there's some problems I think with celebrating the emancipation from slavery because even though we were emancipated from slavery we weren't really free or well I guess we were kind of really free for a little bit of time um, maybe during Reconstruction, we we were a little bit more free, but white people ensured that that was short lived. That what freedoms and what good we did experience, and what good and freedom we were we were able to experience in that time after we were free, white folks may did did their darndest to make sure that that we wouldn't get there, that 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 wouldn't that that wouldn't last, and and it would take years for us to get to get anywhere near that again, and so. I think that the celebrating Juneteenth, even though I think that we should celebrate it, there is that that kind of ooh but 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 we're celebrating being freed from, from slavery, which Let's be honest that that was that that probably was the, the biggest amount of freedom that we could that we could attain. I mean, you know being enslaved and then not being enslaved. Um, I think that that's that something that is definitely worth celebrating if, if for nothing if for no other reason than to celebrate our ancestors who have gone on and our ancestors who, who had to live through that and endure that. So that certainly makes it worthy. And I'm not saying that that Juneteenth isn't a worthy holiday to celebrate, but I also even kind of question, should we celebrate Juneteenth? Or should we celebrate something like, like Medgar Evers Day? Should we celebrate something like the signing of the Civil Rights Act? But even then, in celebrating the, the signing of the Civil Rights Act, what are we really celebrating? Because we celebrate the signing of the Civil Rights Act whenever we we definitely, you know, it's like I'm able to pee in the same toilet that a white person is able to whoop-de-doo, or I'm able to, turn, to, to attend the same schools, which I guess is good, but... Schools are still just as segregated. Brown versus Board of Education overturned segregation in that respect Um, in schools. It it overturned that in the 50s, but it was the Civil Rights Act that, that really codified it and really said, yeah, don't do this. But schools are more segregated now than they are then. We still we have legal slavery that's still enshrined in the Constitution. And so, you know, we have where where. Where men and women who go to prison can then become slaves, in effect. So what what are we really cel- so what are we so did we even celebrate anything? But you know what I don't want to rain on the Juneteenth parade because I think that there is a lot of merit to celebrating Juneteenth. I think that there's a lot of merit to celebrating this day that our ancestors that they that they waited for that they that they hoped for. And you know what? Like we probably ain't gonna get a mega every day. We ain't probably ain't gonna get mega every day because it's too close to July 4th. But Juneteenth. Is in June, and, it's, and it doesn't even have to be like connected to to them. It doesn't have to be connected to Independence Day in any kind of way because it's, it's our independence. And as Black people, we need to be celebrating our independence. And as we're celebrating our independence, we need to keep fighting for more freedom. We need to keep fighting for for more justice for for ourselves, uh, because we because we're we're free and we're freer even than our parents were, and we're freer than our grandparents and our great grandparents on down the line for sure we experience more freedoms and i don't want to i don't want to in saying that we don't have freedoms i think that we can that we can we can detract from accidentally unwittingly we can detract from the sacrifices that our elders did make and so i think that we that we need to we need to lift that up and so the way to do that is on juneteenth and so in this next segment I'm going to lighten it up a little bit and I'm going to talk about the Juneteenth cookout and give you my top five songs or what I think should be at the Juneteenth cookout. <music> This next segment, I want to lighten it up a little bit because the previous two segments were, were kind of heavy. So I want to take some time to lighten it up, lighten the mood just a little bit because Juneteenth is about celebration. There's a lot of heaviness that comes with this holiday and comes with what this holiday means. Even the, some of the conflict in having to decide to celebrate this holiday over and against another holiday, even it can certainly, it it can be heavy. So I think that it's important that we, that we lighten it up a little bit because Juneteenth, even though the holiday itself that we can, we can make it like this big, like heavy, like this big event and it's like roots or whatever we could we can make it that way, but I don't think that we should do that. I think that Juneteenth should be about black joy. It should be about celebrating black joy. So I think that the way that the black community celebrates itself and does black joy, I think that the thing that we do and that it's the black community at its best is the cookout. The cookout is just we're doing cookouts, that is when the community is at its best. That's when we're able, in theory, to kind of lay aside kind of like a lot of the drama. I mean, sometimes like, okay, sometimes having drama at a cookout can can make the cookout good especially if, if it's if maybe like if the food ain't on point having some drama can can help things along a little bit but having a cookout having that 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 sense of community and that and the multi-generational is what I is what I love about it is that it's is that it's multi-generational that we're able to to get together and it doesn't have to be this big agenda it doesn't have to be this big like intense dramatic thing it doesn't have to be this this thing where where we've got to where we've got to uh, where, where, where it's got to be like a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of uh, a lot of presentation a lot of pomp and circumstance just being able to get together and be together I think that that is the black community at its best and so the cookout is awesome because it allows us to be able to, it allows us to be able to connect to one another it allows us to be able to, to play games to dance to sing to eat and like the food is it's for me? Any cookout that like that's that's the centerpiece is the food. I mean, I like the food more than I like the people. I'm just gonna be real. Like I mean, not, and like I love seeing the people, but the food. But but for me, the the food at the cookout makes or breaks the cookout because you can have awesome company, but if the food ain't on point. Like if you, if you can't sit and go and go through that food line and graze and eat that potato salad or get some of them beans or get some of them, get some of them good desserts or whatever, if you can't do that, then it's just like, why, why, why are we out here? We could just be, we could just be sitting inside somebody's house and looking crazy and doing some of this stuff. Like why, like, so for me, like, cause there's just something about like cookout food. There's just something about, about, about grilling and about barbecuing that just that I don't know. That, that that flavor profile. Like I think about you know any any of the meats. You, you you barbecue the meats, or you have uh you you have that 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 fried chicken, or you have the that fry that fried catfish. Um, because my family may I don't know if my family is strange or not, but but like whenever we have food events, we tend to have a lot of different types of meat, and it, we do we tend to have like a lot of different types of meat, and we um so like we we'll have something like you know. I don't know, like ribs or something like that, or or barbecue chicken. But then we might also have some fried chicken. But then we might also have like catfish. Might have some catfish nuggets, like some fried catfish and fried catfish. Oh my goodness. That's, I'm, I'm making myself hungry talking about this. But we might also have fried catfish, but then we might also uh, have like, like some ham or some, something like that. And so my family, I don't know if anybody else does that, or like sometimes if this, I haven't had this, I haven't seen this in a while, but sometimes, because, because my family is, is we're country, we're, we're from, we're from uh, rural Missouri. So we might have something like squirrel or raccoon Um, I haven't seen a squirrel or raccoon in a, in a long time at a, at a family thing, but, but that's something that, especially when I was a kid, like, like there, you could be, have some squirrel or some rabbit or some, or some coon or some whatever. And like that, and that was, and that was part of it. And y'all city folk might knock that, but, um, raccoon is good. Like coon, like, like we call it coon. Coon is good. Like I'm like, it just is barbecue coon is good. I don't care. Judge me. Rabbit is good. Y'all can go ahead and judge me. Um, squirrel is good. Y'all go ahead and judge me. Is good. Y'all city folk go ahead and judge me. But I'm telling y'all this country food is good. But any, anyway, so we so my family we we do a large variety of meats, and then the staple side dishes of course are potato salad and baked beans. And let me, let me give a word. let me give you a Juneteenth word on the potato salad. Now I know some of y'all are going to get mad about this, but I'm going to tell this truth. I'm going to speak this truth because it is the truth. And so that is my job and I'm going to tell the truth. Do not roll up to any Juneteenth cookout that I am participating in with some potato salad that is made with mayonnaise. Don't do it. Keep that junk at home. I don't want your mayonnaise potato salad. If you're not, if you're making it with mayonnaise and not Miracle Whip, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna lay hands on you. I'm gonna anoint you with oil. I'm gonna have some of the church mothers at this cookout. I'm gonna have some of the church aunties. You know that auntie that you that you have that that found Jesus recently, and she want to pray with you. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. Send, I'm gonna sit her on you. And I'm be like, pray for them, because they because they because they brought they they brought potato salad that wasn't made with miracle whip. So if you if you are gonna make your potato salad and you're not gonna make it with miracle whip, just keep it at home. Really, I would say not to make it, but if that's your taste, I'm not gonna tell you not to not to follow your taste, but you need to keep that mess at home. Next of all, keep your keep your potato salad at home if it doesn't have eggs in it. If it don't have eggs in it, I don't want it because that is part of the potato salad. That is, that is a critical flavor. That's part of the flavor profile and the texture of the potato salad. So if you don't have eggs in it, some of you are probably like eggs, but no, if you don't have eggs in your potato salad, I don't want to keep it at home. That potato salad, I'm I'm not even going to try it. I'm I'm, I'm just going to look at it. I'm just going to be like, I'm not even going to try it. The next thing is if your potato salad is colorless, if your potato salad is white I don't care. You can, have, you can have eggs in it. You could have made it with Miracle Whip. You can have all the celery seed in it that you want. You can have all of the, all the chopped olives or whatever, all the onion, all the whatever. I don't even care. You can have all of your ingredients right. And if you forgot to put mustard in it, if you hand me some dang color, colorless potato salad, you I'll I, I put you in jail. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna be like, no, I'm just, I'm just, no. Keep it, keep, keep it at home keep it at home. You can eat that at home because my potato salad needs to be yellow. I need that the mustard, the mustard doesn't even like really add any flavor to it because you only put a little bit of mustard in it. So it's not like it really adds to the flavor, but it's the fact that it has to be the right color. So it's sort of like whenever with ketchup, remember marketing that ketchup that that was green and I couldn't bring myself to eat it because I'm like, no, ketchup is red. And so I couldn't even bring myself to eat it cuz it was weird. Like why am I like why am I going to have a hot dog with some green ketchup on it? I could I couldn't even bring myself to even to even look at it. But it supposedly tasted the same, but a lot of people were like, "Ooh, but it's but it's green." I know a lot of folks was like, "Oh, I can't I can't get with that cuz it's green." It's supposed to taste the same. It tastes the same, but it's but it's green. I can't get with that. It's the same way with potato salad. You can have all of your ingredients right. It could be on point, but if your potato salad is the wrong color, I'm not going to eat it. And it's it's not it's not welcome at my cookout table. I'm gonna be like, why, why, what's wrong with your potato salad? Now for real, for real, I mean, for real, for real, if you roll up at my cookout with your potato salad, I'm not gonna tell you that your potato salad's nasty. And if you know me in real life and you don't make your potato salad right. I I will try, if you know me in real life, I will try your potato salad just because you know me in real life. And so I love my friends. And so I will try your potato salad that, that doesn't have eggs in it or that is the wrong color or that is made with mayonnaise. But I'm telling you that my potato salad is the best potato salad. And yeah. So anyway, potato salad. But you've got to have the, the, the right staple foods you got you got to have that right And then the other thing is music And you've got to have a good music selection Because you want to have music that everybody can relate to It has to be related to cross-generationally We have to be able to It has to cover a variety of, of genres So it can't just be all hip-hop or And the playlist can't just all be soul Or it can't all be funk Or it can't all be R&B And it can't just be all from the same era So you can't just all be playing stuff from... like the 70s because all the young people are going to be like well all the old heads are gonna be like oh yeah this is my song remember back the day when we used to do the electric boogaloo oh and and they're and they're gonna have a good time but the young people are gonna be like well what is this and then you can't just play all of the all the good like current music or whatever because all the old people like like big mama my dear grandma whatever you call her my family she's called grandma like she's gonna be like what is this what are what are we listening to What, what, what's, what's this nonsense that we're, that we're playing right now. So you have to have a good, a good mix. So I'm going to recommend my top five playlist Juneteenth cookout playlist songs. And these are five specific songs, actually it's four specific songs, and then one type of song that I think should be included on every Juneteenth playlist. So number five on this list is the electric slide. Now I guess that you could you could substitute the electric slide for some other for some other things, um, but basically some sort of dance, some sort of some sort of communal dance that everybody knows, that everybody's able to do. And the electric slide has been around long enough that I don't know I don't know if younger black kids know the electric slide, but see that's the whole thing is you learn, you get inducted into the electric slide, you learn it, you get inducted into the tradition because it's tradition. And so that's something that the old heads are gonna know, and it's something that the young people can learn, and it's just a big it, doing the electric. Like, I, I can't even tell you how to do the electric slide, but I can jump in and do the electric slide because it's just, it, it's a staple. Having some sort of group dance is just a staple at the family. I mean, I guess, you know, we could do the wobble or we could do, I don't know, whatever. I don't, I don't even, see, I'm, I'm I'm too old. I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not cool enough. I don't even know all the names of all the dancing because I don't really, like, I don't really dance. Because, I mean, like I, I can dance, but not really. But it's a whole thing. I like, I don't think that I can dance, but I can move. A, I can move a little bit, and so I kind of do my shoulder shake, kind of do my whatever. But my family, like a lot, I have a lot of good dancers in my family, so I leave the dancing to them, and I just kind of sit back and kind of do you know, do my little shoulder shake and whatever. And so, but you got you got to have that dance. You got to have you got to have that song. You got to have the song that everybody can get up and from 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 the from the grandparents on down that everybody can dance to. The next song that I recommend for this playlist, number four on this list, I'm doing it, but I'm doing like a top five. So five, electric Side. number four is Cranes in the Sky by Solange. This song is laid back it has them cookout vibes it's a newer song it's solange it's newer it has that new aesthetic but at the same time it feels like an old song so you can see the aunties like you know who's snapping and popping and whatever and be like oh who's this what's this song and so it's something it's a it's a, it's a crowd pleaser it's a good song it's a good song So then number three, you need to have whatever the bop is. So whatever the song is, whatever the bop of the summer is, that's what you want to have on your playlist. So like, for instance, last summer, the bop was In My Feelings by Drake. Now say what you want about Drake. That song was a bop and that song it was it was it was Bob, and it was something that because the thing too because because sometimes like a lot of newer songs they get they can get kind of explicit Not not all of them but there's some of them because you got because with the new songs you also gotta be careful with that because you don't want so like for instance talking about from from my from my era i say my era like i'm i'm, I'm Anyway, I'm old, but but I guess I am old. So like, I don't, I don't know if, if the witness is going to allow me to say to say what the real title of this song is on on air. But you know what I'm talking about. Back that thing up. Um, back that ass up. Um, back back that thing up. That that song by Juvenile, whenever they were taking over, whoever Cash Money was taking over for the '99 in the 2000. That's the song. That was that was the bop back then. That was the bop way back in the '99 in the 2000. Well, that wouldn't be a bop that I that, that that was the song, but that that's not necessarily a song that I would want to play and have like my grandma and and my aunties or whatever here because they're gonna be like, what's this song? What like what what is he was he talking about? Like, oh that that's that's nasty. They are talking about nasty stuff. And so you want so you want a song that that can that that at least like it, that it's not it's not overtly or it's harder to pick up on some of the themes if, if there are themes in there that is that it's not you know whatever and so like that, that that song was in my feelings last year so there might, that might and there might be another song you might be like, in my feelings there's another there's a better song than that but whatever so whatever the song is whatever the song of the summer is whatever that thing is that that that, that we're like oh yeah that's oh that's a good song that's that's the song that you that you play because that's something that's going to get the young people in it might pull the older people in it's whatever Number two on this list is "All Right" by Kendrick Lamar. Now it's Juneteenth, and even though I said you know we don't want it to be a bunch of heavy stuff, we don't want it to be a bunch of whatever. I think that "All Right" by Juneteenth. I think that that's just or by, by Juneteenth. "All Right" by Kendrick. I just think that's a that's a, just that's just a good song. Yeah, it's got it's got some. You can play the, you can play the clean version. It's, it's got some words in it, but you can you can play the clean version of it. And it's just something that's like yeah we, we we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. Um, and then number one, the number one song. On this list And don't Don't at me Don't debate me This song Needs to be Before any of the other songs Are on this playlist The number one song Should be on Everyone's playlist And that is September by Earth, Wind, and Fire Yes At every cookout uh, September needs to be played At least once It needs to be played Toward the middle It needs to be played Whenever everybody's there That is a good song I don't care What y'all have to say But that's old Yes it's old And it is an oldie but goodie It is a good song You can't be black And not know that song Like it's just It's just a good song It's just You just You just have to have it At your cookout You you have to It's just It's, it's the blackest song I think I think it's the blackest song That there is You just Like I Like I do not know I like I didn't know worse This song I'm just like like yeah hi <laughs> see you're just like well uh, like you don't even know the words to it I mean I know I know the words to it but but anyway you just you just you don't even know you just know it's, it's the IEI song and it's just like the guy singing really high and it's just really laid back you need you need that song and that's a song that will you know that it will get the, it'll get the old heads going and that's and that's always good so those are my top five those are my top five Juneteenth cookout songs <laughs> Juneteenth cookout. I hope that we make it make it a thing. You've you've, you've gotten the idea. Is the thirteenth of June? Hopefully, whenever you're listening to this. I mean, I guess if you're listening to it afterward, then you'll have to do it next year. I have to do it. I guess you can do it on the fourth of July. You can have a Juneteenth cookout on the fourth of July, or better yet, you can celebrate Megger Ever's Day on July second. That's not, I don't think that that's really a thing, but I'm fit to make it a thing. You can also, if you don't have the chance to do it on Juneteenth, you can celebrate Mega Evers Day and and you can play your playlist then. See, it's, it's a dual thing. Any cookout, any anything where we're celebrating being Black, celebrate being Black. Combing the Roots is powered by The Witness, a Black Christian collective. Special thanks to executive producers Tyler Burns and Bo York. Catch up with what I'm doing on these internet streets by visiting AllieHenney.com. There you'll be able to connect to my Twitter feed, my Instagram, and my Facebook writers page. I'm your host, Allie Henney. Peace.